Welcome to the podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacy leaders, entrepreneurs, and members of the Platform Alliance Group. We cover the key challenges, opportunities, and practical solutions for pharmacy leaders. The pharmacy industry is a dynamic and vital part of the healthcare industry, impacting the lives of millions of Australians. But we know that success in this ever-evolving landscape requires more than just a prescription for medication. It calls for a unique blend of knowledge, adaptability, and a vision for the future. I'm your host, Melody Mugari, and together we will embark on a journey of empowerment, motivation, and growth. My guest today is proudly brought to you by the Platform Alliance Group, Australia's fastest growing community pharmacy group. So today I have Christina Fox. She is Canberra born, but she is Tasmanian at heart. She is a proud community pharmacist who wants to revolutionize the industry for better patient outcome through innovation, meeting the needs of her community. And she has achieved this with the brand that she has created, Complete Care Pharmacy. So yesterday I was doing a bit of deep dive on yourself <laughs> and I do a deep dive on people. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was funny. So you're actually born in Canberra. Yeah, I am. Yeah. But Tasmania is now home. It is. And only because, yes, I was born in Canberra and then we relocated. I relocated here to study for uni. So, yes. Yeah. So when I graduated year 12, Canberra didn't have pharmacy as an option. So I actually looked at going to Orange because they had it at Orange. But um, yeah. my dad is originally from Tasmania, so we always holidayed in Tassie growing up. And he's from a large family. He's one of 17. And so I've got lots of cousins and family in Tasmania, and I always loved it when we came on holidays. And so and it had the Tasmanian Pharmacy School had a really good reputation when I was finishing year 12. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll make the move to Tassie. And I've, I've since moved and lived in Victoria and South Australia and then come back to Tassie as well. And for me, Tasmania's home now. So, so Tassie just draws you back. Yeah, well, I think it, it has, I was, I was telling Stephen Davies the other day that it has everything that um, the other states have got, but just in a much smaller space. And so I gain so much more time because my work's only seven minutes away. You know, my friends are only 10 minutes away. The city's 10 minutes away. The snow's 10 minutes away, but the beach is 10 minutes away. You've got everything that you need. And if you want more shops and you want more restaurants and that, you can go on holiday. So, but day to day living, it's really easy and it's got everything that you need. So that's what I love about it. Yeah. So your whole family has moved. So your parents have moved. You've started a family in Tasmania. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I've got two kids. So I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old and I'm married in Tassie. Um, My family eventually moved to Tasmania. My parents eventually Mm -hmm. moved. My brother and sister now live in Melbourne. So we're sort of a little bit split up. But that just means you've got, you've got a holiday home in Melbourne. <laughs> That's, <laughs> right. That's right. Oh, you know, no, I might move to Melbourne. But I, when I go to Melbourne, I'm like, oh, gosh, the traffic's so bad. Like, it's – I just would get so angry day to day being stuck in the traffic. I know what you – Are you Melbourne? Because I, I lived in the Kimberleys, so it's like rural Australia. Oh, my God. When I came – when I moved to Sydney just before COVID – it was as if, you know, when all of a sudden there's a flood of people 
yeah. when you're used to just no one and everything, the lights, everything. It was just like, whoa, yeah. assault the senses. That's a massive change. So you were, you were born in the kingdom. I was actually born in Zimbabwe. Oh my gosh. And then I moved to Australia for university. Okay. It was, yeah. So moved to Australia was the only one from my family moved to Australia and just did my thing. And then after I finished university, I did my intern, intern in the Kimberleys because I figured that was the closest to pharmacy back home. Wow, that's so cool. So yeah, I did it there. Just in case life threw me a curveball and I had to return back to Zimbabwe, yeah. I wanted to almost be in a system that mimicked what well, Zimbabwean well, pharmacy would be like. It wouldn't make sense for me to stay in the city yeah. and it's all high tech and then I wouldn't be able to practice yeah. at home. Completely but speak environment. Yeah. Yeah. But, so you mentioned that you actually were looking for a pharmacy, a school of pharmacy. Yeah. So you've always wanted to be a pharmacist? It was funny. I, um, I was looking through some of my old projects recently from when I was at school. And I did a project when I was in year seven about what I wanted to be when I was older. And I did this whole thing about being a community pharmacy owner. It wasn't just about being a pharmacist. It was about being a pharmacy owner. And so I think I've always had aspirations to do something in the business world but then also in the health space. So I have always loved pharmacy. I started working in pharmacies over 20 years ago um, when I was 14. So started working as a pharmacy assistant and the pharmacists at the pharmacy I worked at in Canberra, they tried to talk me out of doing pharmacy. I remember there was a pharmacist checking Webster packs and I asked her, did she enjoy her career? Did she like being a pharmacist? And she said, no, I hate it. I, I, look at all these packs I have to check and um, gave lots of examples as to why I shouldn't do pharmacy. And she said, you know, you so much better than being stuck in a community pharmacy. And that was actually my inspiration to want to do pharmacy in the end, because I thought, well, that's really sad that this is a profession that has got so much opportunity and we can be so impactful on our patients' health. And the people that are working in the profession at the moment, they don't love being in it. And they're trying to talk people out of it. And we still have a problem now where we have a profession that isn't sexy. People don't want to join it. Um, their remuneration isn't fantastic at the moment for community pharmacists. The job role isn't what we want it to be. And so we're having trouble attracting new graduate or new pharmacists into the profession. And I think that's really sad because we're such an integral role. We've got such an integral role to play in our communities. And so I feel as though that was probably what led me into wanting to do pharmacy anyway in the first place with someone trying to talk me out of it. I thought, no, it can be so much better. Let's let's change the industry and let's the make it a place that people want to work. You know, let's make it something that um, people strive to be when they're going through school. I really would love to be a community pharmacist because of X, Y, Z. And so that's what I hope to change within the industry. And it's funny that you say that, Christina, because it's actually resounding because I just attended FIP, yeah. which is the International Pharmaceutical Pharmacist sort of conference, and it was here in Brisbane. Um, and that is one of the resounding messages that pharmacy is such an important part of the community because when pharmacists love the job that they do, they actually can achieve better patient outcome, number one. Number two, it actually helps the health system because we can sort of capture those people 
before they actually end up in the hospital. We can minimize medication misuse. We can increase medication adherence. So it's absolutely amazing that you actually are on a global standard, girl. You're actually up there with the global <laughs> standard. Oh, that's so fun. No, yeah. I agree. I think that I think pharmacists are really important, and I think that that one of the biggest challenges or one of the biggest problems that we face is that community pharmacy hasn't evolved. Yeah. I I just mentioned that I started in pharmacy over twenty years ago, but the pharmacy landscape hasn't changed that much in twenty years. We've had changes thrown at us, so things like yeah. vaccination. We've now got e like digital prescriptions. So we've got changes coming, but we're not evolving to meet the needs of our um, consumers or our community. So even 10 years ago, patients weren't accessing as much information on the internet, whereas now they get a lot of their health advice and information and they research about medications. And often when they come to pick up their prescription, they know a lot about the medication before you even go to talk to them about it, or they might not know all the right things and they may be the information not, might not be that great, but they've done their own research before they present yeah. the prescription. Whereas like 10 or 20 years ago, they didn't have access to CMIs or information online. And so therefore we were, you know, our role was really different, but we haven't, we haven't changed our community pharmacy to meet those changed expectations or needs of our community. And I think that's the, one of the biggest challenges. So, yeah. Yeah. You're very true in that respect. And you're a PAG member, but you have created your own brand. Yes. Yeah, so and I think your brand is exactly what you've been talking about. So Complete Care is, tell me more about Complete Care, because I know it was launched, there was the big launch on the 22nd of September. You had a soft launch on the 4th of September, and you've actually been branded and operating as Complete Care Pharmacy for the past four weeks. So tell me that innovation revolutionize, you're revolutionizing the industry, aren't you? Oh, what is simple. Look, um, I think as, as I've mentioned to you before, I, I don't think that community pharmacy has shifted or there's been any significant change in the industry over the last 20 years. And so this journey for us for Complete Care started about 18 months ago. And what we did was we actually visited a lot of pharmacies, not just in Tasmania, but on the mainland and pharmacies that perform really well in the industry. And we walked into them and there was nothing from a consumer or patient perspective that was felt that different when you walked into the various pharmacies. So complete care is a, is a big shift. So um, when you walk in through the front doors, yes, you're greeted with, with stock but our merchandise is very different. And then you're, you, as you look through the front door, you actually see a big sign that says care starts here. And underneath that is some triage desks. So our layout, so the first thing that's very different about Complete Care is that we have a completely different layout to a traditional pharmacy. So you walk to the care starts here. It doesn't have a sign that says scripts in or scripts out. Yeah. Um, it says care starts here because we know that pharmacies can be so much more than just a dispensing factory. And so we want patients to come to us for more than just picking up a prescription. We want them to come to us for health advice. We want them to come to us for like vaccination services or medical certificates or all of that full scope stuff. So you come to a triage desk and at the triage desk, 
you're not greeted by a pharmacy assistant or a dispensary tech. You're actually greeted by a pharmacist. So one thing that we also noticed when we went around the various pharmacies is that pharmacists, whilst we say we're an accessible health professional, quite often we don't appear accessible to the patient because we're at the back of the pharmacy, we're standing in a dispensary, we're not on the floor, and so patients feel like they're interrupting us. So they are greeted by a pharmacist when they enter the pharmacy. So that is another significant shift with complete care. And then when they're greeted at the triage desk, we've developed a, a digital workflow solution that we can put in there whatever request they have when they enter the pharmacy, and then we split their workflow. So what I mean by that is at the moment in a traditional community pharmacy, all of the inputs come to the dispensary, to the scripts encounter, and then everything goes to that one area. You see pharmacies that have baskets lined up in their dispensary or baskets stacked up in their dispensary. Guilty, guilty. <laughs> well, everybody does it that way. We haven't, we haven't rethought it. So, but at Complete Care Pharmacy, we do things differently. So it depends on what presents to us when the patient walks through the door. So when they come through the door, if it's a new medication or we identify that they might be confused or they're on five or more medicines, so we think they might be qualify for a Webster pack or they want a vaccination, we can split up the patient into either a production area, so a traditional dispensary that's yeah. actually not accessible to the public so that we can just process their scripts in a timely manner, like in a pretty fast manner without interruption, or we split them into um, a full service, which is uh, dispensing, and counselling in a room, just like the one I'm in now. You can see I'm in a little yeah. pharmacist room. So this is yeah. what we call our pharmacist dispensing pods. And so at that point of input at triage, we put them into a virtual basket and then we push their request either into, as I said, the production area or into the pods. And so that's enabled us to handle all of the things that pharmacies wanting pharmacists to do but in a really efficient and effective way. And I think that's the problem is that community pharmacies and pharmacists want to do more, but they have no idea how they can possibly do more when they already feel like they're doing everything that they can day to day. Um, so we have repositioned our staff and we've changed our layout and we've also integrated technology to enable us to um, deliver the best patient health outcomes. So that's essentially, it's hard to describe complete care in a small patch of time, but that's that's what the, the customer experience is when they walk into the pharmacy now. So the difference is, and please correct me if I get this wrong, yeah. you know how traditionally the pharmacy assistant would take the script, put it in a basket, and then the pharmacist would determine whether they want to speak to the patient or not, and then go out when the patient comes back to say, hey, we noticed that you're on five or more medications and we think it would be good for you to have a meds check or we think that it might be good to have a Webster pack. Mm -hmm. This actually does it the flipped way around, doesn't it? So as the patient walks in, the pharmacist recognizes right then and there whether the patient should probably be on a Webster pack or should undergo a meds check or if there's another pharmacy service within the pharmacy that they can access and discusses with them right then and there while their script is getting done or exactly. have I got it? No, okay. no, you've, you've pretty much nailed it. So it's meant that we've 
we've actually become way more efficient because we're not double handling every request. So when a patient comes in, the pharmacy assistant isn't triaging them, it's the pharmacist that's triaging them. And so we can we can help them from the beginning to the end and they don't have to wait for a pharmacist. They get that full experience then and there. And quite often, I think in pharmacy, we've gotten used to asking really repetitive questions, but probably not the right questions. So you've picked up on what the model is, but I'll take it one step further. So customer comes in and says, I've got this new medication, I've got this script, and then pharmacy assistants, or we've been all conditioned to say, is that a new medication for you today? And pharmacies do that quite well. But what we've found is that patients say, no, it's not new, but actually, in fact, it's an antibiotic that they have had 20 years ago, and so they haven't actually had any counselling on it. So we've changed our questioning as well to say, is this a medication that you've had recently? Or um, if it's a if it's an asthma inhaler and it might even be a repeat, instead of just saying, "Have you had it before?" We say, "Has it, how long has it been since a pharmacist has spoken to you about how you use your inhalers?" And so then that determines at that point where the patient goes. Are they going to go into a production space and just have it dispensed and handed out without any intervention, or yeah. are we going to make that decision as the pharmacist that this person could probably benefit from a one-on-one with the pharmacist? And then we take them into yeah. the room. But yeah, you're also right in that it allows us to integrate meds checks. It allows us to integrate pharma programs. It allows us to integrate full scope of practice really seamlessly. But yeah, it basically enables us to get to full scope so, so, so easily. Um, what it's also doing is it's giving us, so we bring the patient in here, we create a virtual digital basket for them, we bring them into the pod. Um, and I'll talk more about the software later. But basically, once we have them in these rooms, the experience we found is so different. So you mentioned we've been open for a month and we really didn't know how customers were going to react to being brought into a room. It's almost like being brought into a doctor's room, you know, um, and we're not only just bringing in medication, new medications or prescriptions, but we're actually bringing in all our minor ailment queries into the pods as well. So if a patient comes in and they say that they've got hay fever or they've got pain or they've got hemorrhoids or whatever the question is, We'll just guide them straight in. We enter them into the triage app and then we bring them straight into the rooms. Um, And what we do in these rooms is that we then give them that one-on-one interaction and it's been so well received by our customers. We thought, well, customers feel funny about coming into these rooms. They don't. Um, So the majority of the time it's a stand-up consultation. We don't sit them down. Um, We leave the door open and we've got acoustic panelling out in our corridor so that everything is private. But what we're finding is that patients say, thank you so much, do I owe you anything for that? Because they feel that there's value in the service that we're providing, even when we're just providing advice and we're not actually selling a product. I've had patients say, what do I owe you for that? Because they're just not used to getting that sort of experience from a pharmacy. Um, so what it does is it enables a safe environment for them to ask questions and quite often what you bring them into the, the pharmacist pods for, they end up leaving with all these other questions, they've asked all these other questions, they leave with different products, you might end up dispensing a different prescription that they didn't even intend on getting when they came into the pharmacy. It's been fascinating and so rewarding as a community pharmacist working in these environments. We've been having fortnightly catch-ups with the pharmacists that work here. We've got five pharmacists. And mm-hmm. the biggest bit of feedback that they've given is 
We love working in the pods. It's been so rewarding. You know, we feel like we can use our clinical knowledge. We feel like we're pharmacists again. Um, we're really connecting with our community. And then they give examples of things that have happened in the pods that wouldn't have happened if they were out on the floor. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's been a really great move and we're really glad that we've set up the pharmacy in this manner. So you'll even see behind me um, that little white shoot. So That's we, what I'm looking Yeah. So when we bring them into the pods, it's not just dispensing in here. The drug, the drug actually, so we've situated our dispensing robot so that the, no the drugs come into the pods. So you can do the full consultation. So you bring them in, you're dispensing as you're counselling them. So it's a, more efficient because you're not dispensing and then having to go and pick the product. The product comes to you. Then you can demonstrate the product, show them the instructions, write down extra bits of information for them. It's a one-stop shop for them, basically. Um, That's absolutely amazing. That's like I was looking at it the whole time because you know what the whole time we've been talking I've been thinking what's that a virtual background that you've got no it's not these are our rooms so if you have a look around here you can see we've got a little um bench at the back and then on this side here we've got a little desk and that's where we will dispense from so it's just perfect (laughs) um yeah we love it so I've got so many questions, like so, so many questions. Fire away. Um, you spoke about the a, the app, the triage app. Yeah, yeah. So is that the system that sort of when you, at the help desk, when you come in, the pharmacist will speak to you. And then from there, you can actually like book a pod right then and there or put in a prescription and someone goes, I'll be back in five minutes. Is that where it all happens? Yeah. And even if it's a methadone patient coming in, you can sort of. Exactly. So, I'll, I, I mean, I hope it's not too boring, but I'll give you the detail because it's, I, I, I love, I love what we've created. So the danger of giving me details is that you might walk out with more. Details. Okay. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, so basically what we've spent, as I said, this project started about 18 months ago. So, we spent a lot of time trying to find um, a partner to help us develop software. And we're fortunate enough yeah. to have found the perfect partner um, who had previously worked with Fred. And so our triage app is, it's not necessarily an app, it's just a, it's actually a web browser that then full, is fully integrated with Fred Dispense Plus. So what happens when the patient presents to us, we've, the triage desks are little round, like basically little round desks that have got four input points. So they've got four little iPads or surface goes. And what we do at that point is we do input prescriptions. So we can input all sorts of prescriptions. So unlike some other platforms where you can only scan in a digital e-script, you can scan in a digital e-script, you can scan in a paper e-script, so a paper script that's got a barcode. You can add a paper script that doesn't have a barcode. You can add... Um, a consultation, add that the patient needs an owing or they need an emergency supply or they want a medical certificate or they have a query for the pharmacist. You can add their appointment in that they may have booked from home or an appointment that they've come in to make. So it then creates a digital basket for that patient and it's not just one patient, it can be the whole family. So it's essentially like the actual basket, physical baskets that we have now, but you're creating a virtual digital basket. And then at that point, um, it then sends that basket to the computer, to a computer 
but into the area that you want. So either it sends it to the production space, which is that um, dispensary that I talk about where only techs are dispensing and pharmacists aren't doing any dispensing. There's just a pharmacist there to be a checking facility or it creates that virtual basket and sends it into the pods. But what it does, which is really different and clever that we don't have currently in community pharmacy is it allows us to timestamp when the patient came in. So when the patient enters the pharmacy, we know exactly what time they've presented at our triage desk. We can, we know whether they're waiting or calling back because obviously we always ask a patient, are you waiting in store or coming back? And it then in the Fred Dispense Plus app bar, it then prioritizes them according to priority. So if the patient is waiting, it'll go to the top of the queue and then the next waiter will be underneath and then a callback might be underneath that. But if someone is calling back in half an hour, for example, and it's only 27 minutes, their virtual basket goes to the top of the queue because you really need to have that dispense before they get back. So, yes. And but it but it's the first time that we've been able to really see all of the work that we've got in the pharmacy in one in one queue. Um, so we can split the queues up depending on you know pod versus production, or we can display everything that's in that queue. Um, it's been a really interesting exercise doing it that way because what we found is you. Th- you are more aware of how long a patient has been waiting. You know, when you're in the community pharmacy and everybody's busy working, sometimes you lose track of how long someone's been waiting. So our baskets are colour-coded, so they'll be green when the patient has just put in the script and, you know, they have been waiting an acceptable amount of time. And then it goes Mm -hmm. to yellow once, oh, like, guys, we need to really get this one done. And then it goes to red when they've been waiting too long. So... It's fully customizable to that individual store's requirements, which is awesome. So if you feel that 10 minutes is an acceptable time for your pharmacy versus I might think five minutes is acceptable, we can um, basically make it customizable to the store. It's funny because um, we spent a bit of time thinking about a name for this digital workflow solution. Um, yes. and we have called it Excipient. And I mean, excipient. So, I mean, you know what an excipient is. And I think most people in pharmacy do. It's, you know, the inactive ingredient in most drugs. And it's the thing that binds everything together. So obviously, the main thing we do is we offer health advice, we dispense. Um, That's not the main ingredient, but excipient sort of ties everything together. So the idea of it is not just to create these digital baskets, but it's also to make us more efficient to give the patient a better experience. So if they're calling back, when their prescription is ready and we've dispensed it, they get an they can have the option to have an automated SMS to say that it's ready. We can also create digital other digital queues in our pharmacy. So if some of their medicine isn't available, we can put it on an on-order queue. And then the next day when the stock arrives at the pharmacy, you just hit that it's ready and they get an SMS. You can push things to a delivery queue. So it's it's really hard to explain over a podcast. But I would encourage anyone to um, come into the pharmacy. I'm more than happy for people to come and visit and have a look at it, play with it and see what it's like. But also um, we will have a website up and running soon, which will be www.recipient.com.au and we'll have screenshots and show you what it's like so that people who are interested in learning more about that customizable workflow solution can have a look at it. Um, the other thing- was it kind of part of the package of complete care? That's right. Or can, or can you get excipients separately? At the moment, we'd like to see it part of the complete care package, but we feel that there is definitely um, a need for other pharmacies to have a digital workflow solution. 
The other thing that forms part of Excipient is we've actually got a self-serve option at our triage desk. So when you come into the pharmacy and you go to triage, you can, yes. there's, there's one of our computers is set up purely for self-serve. So if the patient doesn't want a pharmacist to serve them or doesn't want a pharmacy assistant, there's a lot of people that just want complete, to be completely anonymous and they don't want to have those conversations and that's okay too. So it allows them to input their prescriptions on their own and select their own journey if that's, if that's what they choose to do, but it also puts them into the queue in the right order. You, you also mentioned previously pharmacotherapy. So that's obviously something that a lot of pharmacies across Australia are involved in. And one thing that we identified is that patients, they hate the fact that they have to come into the pharmacy every day and they might be greeted by different staff members and say, oh, I'm here for my daily dose. It's embarrassing for them. Um, it would be nicer if they could be anonymous as well. So we've also got a pharmacotherapy mode for excipients. So the patient can just walk straight up to the dosing counter they can put their name into the software and then that cues them according to priority in the production area so the pharmacist knows that they're there and they can just walk around and go and dose them and the patient doesn't have to tell anyone other than inputting themselves into the software. So, And that's great and absolutely great because sometimes they do get left out in that, yes, the pharmacist is busy doing a script, sees them, acknowledges them, but then continues on and before you know it, you look back up and you're like, oh my gosh, it's been five minutes and I haven't attended to you. Or you're busy, you don't even know that maybe five or 10 minutes have gone by and you haven't attended someone. And and I think that just reflects badly because everyone is just as important. Um, your person waiting for the vaccines, the number of times I've forgotten to dismiss people <laughs> after the 15 minutes has been completed and then they come up to me and they're like is it okay for me to go and I'm like oh my gosh yes you were okay 20 minutes ago <laughs> exactly exactly and I think I think it also means that patients patients get addressed in a timely manner they're not asked a thousand times by lots of different staff members can I help you can I help you you know they've been helped they're in the area that they need to be um and, and I agree with you, I, you, nobody gets forgotten in this system yeah. because everything is documented, um, but it's documented quickly. So triage is fast. We don't have to, it takes no time to input a patient at triage. Um, we, can, we don't have scripts on file drawers in the middle of our pharmacy. So if a patient comes in, we can just enter their name into the, into the software at triage and it brings up all their active scripts and you just click on them and it adds it to the virtual basket. So you can add scripts on file as well. Um, but it just makes the process really streamlined and simple for the patient. It's a good experience. Um, they're not standing in the middle of the pharmacy while you're getting out their scripts on file and going, did you need your amitriptyline? Did you need your surgery? You know, that's, that's a breach of patient privacy. They don't want to do that. So we can bring it up on the screen. They're just pointing to the ones they want. And I quite often notice that they don't even mention the name because for them, that's great. They can just say, I want that one, that one, that one. They don't even need to say it out loud. So it's just making sure that patients' privacy is respected as well, but also it's we are saving so much time with a new process. That that's we what I wanted to well. find out. Yeah. Have you noticed that you're actually saving time? Oh, my gosh. So two weeks into being open, my business partner, Julie, and I, um, we, were, we had a night at the pharmacy. We were working late and organising some things, and um, 
we said, we started talking about how it was going and we said to each other, the big thing we're really worried about is we seem so quiet. We just feel so quiet. And then we looked at our script numbers. We looked at our sales. We looked at, you know, because we were, we were panicking. We hadn't even had time to look at it in the first two weeks. And everything was up. Our sales were up 25%. Our GP dollars were up 20% on the same time period the year before. Our script numbers were up like 10 or 15%. So we felt really quiet. We were getting all of our job, jobs done way before we closed, which never happened previously. We were always staying back late. But it's because we have repositioned people and we've changed our workflow so dramatically that we're now so much more efficient that we actually feel like we're quiet. We did um, nearly 600 prescriptions last Monday and all of us were like, that was such a quiet day. And then we looked at the numbers and we went, oh my gosh, it wasn't a quiet day. It just felt, it just felt really quiet because we're just so much more efficient with the new, with the new model. So, yeah. So with this new model, because of there's so much change, because um, you even said that even the way you speak to a patient has to change. Correct. Did you find that a challenge or was it easy to implement? Because it seems like there's almost a pivot, like you almost have to do a 180. Mm -hmm. But once you embrace the change, it's like you're thinking, why didn't we do this before? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're spot, you're spot on. It's so the the, I guess the three big things that are different about complete care is obviously our layout's different. The technology that we use and integrate and overlays that layout is different. But culture and behaviours of our staff is really different. So I'm not going to lie, it it was a challenge at the beginning, but only because we've been doing things in the same way for so long. And it's like driving a car. You just instinctively go back to what is natural and what you're used to. So what we made a conscious effort, myself and Julie, the owners, that we decided you know, we're open 8 to 8, Monday to Friday, and we're open 9 to 6 on the weekends. But we made a decision for the first two weeks, we're going to be there every hour that we are open. And we are going to coach and help our staff and guide them. And we're just going to have to keep reminding them when they go back to do something in the old way. We just have to be on top of it and we just have to keep reminding them and until it becomes second nature that the way we're doing things now. So I noticed like the first week, so we have a rule now in the new model that we don't have any phones on the shop floor. So the phones only ring in the production area, which remembering that our production area is our main hub of our dispensary, which is away from the customers. They can't see us working in that space. So phones only ring back there, but phones kept coming on the floor. So we kept walking the staff back to the back to the dispensary. Or we, our pharmacist that works in our production area, they are a checking facility. They don't do any dispensing. They just do checking. They check packs. They check our compounds. They check. They're, they're a checking factory. So they, we don't want that pharmacist dispensing because we want our text dispensing. And the first couple of weeks, pharmacists kept dispensing, and we kept pulling them away from the computers. So it was just about breaking those habits. And now four weeks into it, we don't need to be here every hour of the day because the staff get it. They understand it. They love it. We've had lots of check-ins with our staff and they are less stressed. They're more efficient. Um, and we're having really good outcomes with our patient, health outcomes with our patients, which is, which is awesome. Um, That's the ultimate gain, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously with anything, we want to keep perfecting it as well. Like we're not going to go, oh, we've got it right now first time because that's that's not going to happen. It's always going to be a work in progress for us. 
And I'm sure that there's things that we're doing now that in you know a month's time or six months time we'll go, oh, we did flip that around. So we're learning and building on it as we go as well. And because it's all tech-based and it's about efficiencies and processes, there's you can easily add on, you can easily plug in. So if new services come about, like if when full scope is fully in full-fledged running with it, you can easily just plug it in there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that's something yeah. like I was listening to my friends and colleagues that are pharmacists and they kept saying, Christina, they keep wanting us to do more and they're introducing new services and I want to do vaccination and I want to do the UTI trial and I want to do those things, but I don't know how I can possibly do it. I'm stretched. I, I, can't, I can't do any more. But we can do more. We just have to change the way that we're operating in our pharmacies. Pharmacists, we, we, our pharmacists traditionally were deferring new prescriptions or marking off the mail or doing the, the claiming, pharmacotherapy claiming or whatever. We have now changed it. So techs are doing those things. The techs are teching, the pharmacy assistants are assisting and the pharmacists are being pharmacists. And it's because we've switched up people's roles. It allows us to, as you said, go to full scope and introduce any new service that comes our way. One thing that we also, as pharmacies, that we've done for a really long time is we've tried to do health promotions. And I don't think health promotions are necessarily a bad thing, but we do a diabetes month or we do a heart month or we do a mental health month. I think that that's fine, but those conditions aren't just around for a month or two months. They're around all all year round. So we want to set up an environment that we don't have to do a health promotion every month. We've always got those services available and we're identifying that patient's needs single time they come into the pharmacy so if the farm if they come in and they've got diabetes we can bring them in and we can do a consultation around that then and there you've got the patient in your pharmacy right then and there that's the time to have those conversations not schedule it in next month when it's diabetes month so we think that we we've enabled that sort of um i guess ability to cover all health conditions 365 days a year because we've we've set up in a way where pharmacists can do those things. So um, it's exciting. And I think the most exciting thing for us is we're not scared of the other full scope that comes our way because we're ready for it. We want to do it. We can do more. Um, And yes. And I've already looked at some of the services that you provide and you're doing an array of services. So you've got nurse practitioners, you do plant-based medicines, you do NDIS, um, lactation consults. I'm like, could you do more? <laughs> you can always do more. You can always do more. Okay. This is what I call embracing. <laughs> I mean, I think I think the thing is, you can always do more, but you need to find out what it is that your community needs. There's no point. Yeah. There's no point adding on a service for your community if that the pharmacy down the road is already doing that service. So with Complete Care Pharmacy, we don't want to be the same for every single Complete Care that comes along. We, we think, well, what does your community need? So at our pharmacy, you did mention a few services that we have. We found that, that we didn't have any lactation consultants in the community. So now they're here every week seeing patients, being able to help them from whether that's breastfeeding issues or bottle feeding issues. Um, patients get discharged from the hospital really quickly and they don't have that support when they go home. Um, we are an IVF pharmacy, so we've 
I had specialised training in IVF, making sure that we stock everything that um, patients need. And there wasn't anyone doing that in Hobart well. So patients were getting their prescriptions and then having to wait to have them ordered and they're things that need to be there then time sensitive. Um, So I think we've just found out what's niche and what our community needs and then we've implemented them because that's what they need. Um, one thing that NDIS happened. was like that as well, wasn't well, it? Absolutely. So I read that the NDIS provider in your community yeah. actually shut their storefront. Yeah, yeah. So um, when COVID hit, so we've been an NDIS registered agency for three years now, and so that timed around when COVID hit, and there was really only one provider of consumables on the NDIS in Hobart, and when COVID happened they shut their doors and they actually haven't reopened. So community pharmacy is a really great place to integrate NDIS. And the reason being is that patients, those patients quite often are on medication as well. So they've already got to come to the pharmacy to get their medication. So if they can get their medication and consumables at the one place, that's great. But also the fact that we're patient facing and that we're always open means that patients aren't having to choose their consumables online. A lot of patients have just repeatedly got the same consumables over and over, but no one's ever looked and gone, are those pads right for you? Are you using the right barrier cream? Is there something better and more appropriate for you? Um, So I think having us face-to-face with the customers and being able to do research on what products would be best for them has been really rewarding, but it's also been rewarding for our pharmacy assistants because it's provided a platform for them to develop as well. And because it's been a role that they've taken on board, our retail manager, Terry, who was actually pharmacy assistant of the year last year, she's become really um, important in the NDIS space and she's come with me to lots of um, industry um, things with NDIS. And it's amazing that community pharmacies can offer a lot more on the NDIS than just consumables as well. So, um, and that's a lot of things patients don't realise what they can get from a community pharmacy that is an NDIS registered agency. So, um, as an example, we can do medication packing. So not the medicines themselves, but the medication packing can be covered on the NDIS. Um, Things that aren't on the PBS, so we are compounding pharmacies. So compounded products can be on the NDIS. Medicinal cannabis can be on the NDIS. Um, basically anything that's not on the PBS can be on the NDIS if it's directly related to the patient's disability. So that's huge. I mean, you think of all the kids that um, use medicinal cannabis for their autism or kids that have difficulty swallowing that we can compound something and they can get that covered on the NDIS. It's been super rewarding doing that for our community. I might have to pick your brain more on the NDIS, but... The first time we actually met, um, it wasn't to do with complete care pharmacy. It wasn't to do with NDIS. It was to do with plant-based medicines. Yeah. And it was, and this is one thing I love about you, Christina, as well. You seem to uplift your team. Like, I don't know how you do it, but you either find the diamond in the rough or you cultivate the diamond in that person, but you see, you have champions in the pharmacy. You've spoken of Terry for NDIS. Monique is another of your pharmacists who's thriving and has embraced the plant-based medicines component. 
And you're now one of the central hubs within Tasmania, within Hobart, that actually has people coming from all walks of life and from all distances just to seek your advice. Yeah, like, that's really kind, but it, but it is it is true, and it and it's a big credit is is Monique's as well. So we we started off working together, and Tasmania was actually the last state to legalize um, plant based medicine. So we were behind the rest of Australia, which we often are. Um, but interestingly, we found that a lot of our patients in our community were accessing plant based medicine, but they were having to get it from the mainland. Um, and they weren't getting any good counselling around it. It wasn't necessarily the right product for them. And their GP didn't know how to prescribe it. Like they were willing to prescribe, but they just didn't know how to prescribe. So we took it upon ourselves to research about how, how, how to prescribe it, basically. And then uh, more and more about medicinal cannabis. And Mon has just really flourished in that area. So she's now at the point where she's offering consultations with patients, an initial consult and then a follow-up consultation where she can screen them as to whether or not plant-based medicine might be the right choice for them. And then she can make a recommendation to the prescribers that she's got in the community. They can prescribe it and then she has follow-up consultations and sees how the patient's progressing with their plant-based medicine. And we're even personalising it in store now as well. So we're doing a lot of compounding of plant-based medicine and then we're adding in different terpenes according to what the patient is using it for. So there's certain terpenes that might be better for sleep or there's certain terpenes that might be better for pain or anxiety. And so it makes it a really personalised medication for that patient. But they know that we're available, as we are with all other medication queries, but medicinal um, well, plant-based medicine, there can be some stigma around it. And we take that away because um, Mon's found that she's been able to really make a huge impact on patients' lives, reduce them off some of the other medications that weren't doing anything for them. Um, it's been it's been really rewarding. But I think you're right. Making your team, so I'd encourage all pharmacy owners, find out what it is that your staff member loves. What's their passion? You know, we've got Damien, one of our pharmacists. He's our men's health pharmacist. Julie, my business partner, she loves compounding. Mon, it's plant-based medicine. So, you know, you really need to find out what is it that you guys want to do with your career. You might not necessarily want to be a pharmacy owner, but it's so rewarding to specialise in something within community pharmacy and make that your baby and you're the person that people come to for advice. It's really empowering for your staff um, and I think really rewarding for them as well to be able to be so impactful on their patient's health journey. As we almost conclude, I've got three more questions. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so first question is I have to ask, what's your vision with Complete Care? As, and also, could you tell us if we did want to see the complete care model in action, where do we, where do we access that? Yeah, of course. So um, online, we've got a website. So if you go to www.completecarepharmacies.com.au, um, you can register your and I can be in touch with more information. But you can also, by going onto the website, find out more about Complete Care Pharmacy. I think our vision, which sort of answered the wrong way around, but our vision is that we would like to see this model expanded across lots of other community pharmacies. Mm. I, I love that we've been able to do this and assist the patients within our local community, but I would love to see this model all over Australia 
um, and pharmacists adopting this and this change in community pharmacy. So the vision is to expand it beyond Rosney Park and see it in lots of other states and territories across Australia. That's that's what we'd ultimately love to do. I think I think it's just brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And that's not me saying it because I'm your friend. It is me saying it because, like, just in you telling me all the different features that it has the and just the benefits just time alone time because pharmacists are time poor and we're doing jobs that we shouldn't be doing no, you shouldn't be chasing up owing scripts that is not what you should be doing for an hour a day no and we shouldn't be spending time about talking about price you know how sick are we talking about oh this is the best price or um, you know, even sourcing medication, I know that's a big part of our job role, but we didn't go to university and study, you know, become the medication specialist just to be a glorified retail assistant who just spends time talking about the cheapest medication that a patient can get. You know, in this, in this new model that we've got, one thing that I found very interesting is patients have not questioned the price of anything. They if anything, are, they want to pay you more. Yeah, they're asking, what do I owe you for that consultation? Price has not been a factor at all because we're giving service. Um, but I think I think I I would love to see this model expanded as well because, you know, we've got the nurse practitioners and that's something I haven't spoken about much today. But the idea would be that there'd be a nurse practitioner in every complete care pharmacy across Australia. And the reason that they've been so valuable to us is because... Patient comes in, we triage them, we bring them into our pods, we realise that it's outside of our scope of practice, they've got an infected leg, for example, we can then refer them to our nurse practitioner who can provide antibiotics and they come back into the pod, we counsel them on the antibiotics and they don't have to spend time um, in an emergency department, they don't have to wait weeks to get into their GP. So we're, we feel like we're offering that complete health solution for patients. So last two questions, and these are going to be random, but Jacinta, you may know her. She helps with the building of (laughs) Complete Care. She works at PAG, and she's the Program Innovations Manager. So I asked her, what one question would you ask Christina? And she said, how did you pitch your idea for Complete Care? And how were you able to stand out amongst the crowd and get investors on board? Because there's a lot of brands out there. There's, how did you make your stance? How, how did you differentiate yourself? Oh, Basically, how did you do it? Did you do it? That's, such a, that's such a good question, Jacinta. Um, I love Jacinta, she's awesome. But I think, so I was, po- so the, the journey started, I was, I had previously been a Terry White Kmart and I was a Terry White Kmart because I thought that that brand most closely aligned with the type of pharmacy that I wanted to be, professional service pharmacy. But then I looked around and I was like, what brand pharmacy in Australia is really well known to patients everywhere? Unfortunately, it's Chemist Warehouse and they are really good. They're actually, they're not a great, I'll be careful with what I say, but they're really well, they're really good at what they do. Um, but there's not, a, there's not a really good professional service brand, in my opinion, out there in the marketplace that allows us to do all the things that we want to do as community pharmacists. So 
how this came about and how I pitched it was I, I actually spent some time thinking about what is it in our community pharmacies nowadays? What are all the things, what are all the pain points? What are all the things that consumers don't like, that pharmacists don't like? What are all, and, and I know it's a funny way to go about it, but what are all the things that are frustrating us and stopping us from progressing and evolving and changing? So that's where we went, well, patients don't like not having privacy. Patients don't like feeling like you're looking over their shoulder at the next patient that's walking in with a prescription. Patients want that one-on-one -on -one with a pharmacist. Pharmacists want to act like clinicians again. Pharmacists want to do more, but they don't have an environment to enable them to do it. So it was like creating a list of all of the pain points and then working out a model that solved every single one of those pain points. And so the pitch was, here is a model and here is a solution that if pharmacist A has three problems, pharmacist B has four, this solves all the problems that we think that we've got in community pharmacy and allows us to evolve and move forward and create a pharmacy for the future. I know I probably didn't answer that very well, but it's it's about addressing the pain points that we've had and, and finding find a solution. solution. Yeah. yeah. No, perfect. You addressed it. So that's how we're going to get into business, Jacinta, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just find some pain points. That's right. How do you continue having that drive to innovate? Because I'm sure along the way, you had people who said, oh, no, this will never work, especially because it's a 180 from what we know. Yeah. I think it's probably my my background and where, where I've come from. So I know we spoke earlier about that I was born in Canberra, but I'm not, I'm not motivated by money. That's the last thing I'm motivated by. And I know it sounds really cliche, but I came from, my family traditionally have come from a poor background and they might not necessarily have gotten access or access to services that other people that have had money have gotten access to. I genuinely want to make community pharmacy sustainable into the future so that pharmacists can have maximal impact on their patients' health journeys and that patients of all socioeconomic backgrounds can access good health advice and information regardless of their background, basically. Um, but And that's what motivates me. You know, I could just do it here locally at Rosney Park, yeah. but then I only help my local community. So my passion and motivation is that I want to make a good model of community pharmacy that other people want to be a part of so that they can then help people in their community. You know, I want it to be good and I want it to be something that people are excited about and want to be part of because then we can reach more people and we can help more people of all backgrounds. And so that's what motivates me. Um, and I think it's exciting to be different and it's exciting to be innovative and it's exciting to come up with new ideas. And I'm sure that there has been lots of things that I've come up with in the past that haven't been that successful, but if you don't try them and you don't do something, then you're never going to know. And so it'd be nice to leave our stamp and be part of a shift in Australia in community pharmacy. And then we can demonstrate in Australia, this is how we do things differently. Community pharmacies are a really integral part of the healthcare system. We're not just a supply function. We are so important um, to our healthcare system and that, that's what motivates me. It's, it's ensuring the sustainability of community pharmacy, getting um, accessible and affordable healthcare for all patients. That they're the two things that really motivate me to keep going. That's amazing. 
Platform Alliance Group, we believe that success is not just about individual accomplishments, but also about lifting each other up. Together, we can build a thriving and prosperous pharmacy industry that meets the needs of the patients and supports the Australian health system. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and leave us a comment if you have found this episode of value or have any feedback. The podcast is promoted through social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, and major podcast platforms. And each episode can be found at the Pharmacy View webpage with links to the guest contact and business details. So once again, thank you for joining us today on the podcast and see you soon.